Oh, consent to be recorded. Okay. <laughs> I'm like, what is that I ever thought that for? Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Mother Hustler Podcast. This is episode 31, and with me, I have Tanya. Tanya, you want to go ahead and introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. Um, my name is Tanya Alberti. I am an intuitive success coach. Uh, basically, what that means, what I do, it's kind of, um, if you look at like a spiritual life coach, what I do is help women um, primarily, that's my target audience. Um, cause I love working with women. Women are amazing. Um, but I help women really kind of overcome a lot of their work. Yes. And overcome worthiness issues by connecting with their soul self. So a lot of people have heard this as their higher self or their over soul. But basically, I believe that we are all spiritual beings, that we are spirit having a human experience. So I, by connecting women with their higher self, they connect to their intuition, open up their intuitive gifts and awareness, and can help really guide their life and steer them in a way that will help them you know, find their purpose and begin manifesting the things they want in their life. And it's all through connecting with your um, soul self. So that's what I do. I help teach women how to develop their intuition and awareness. And we work with energy and, you know, with your spirit guides and all the woo-woo stuff. That's me. (laughs) (laughs) And, you know, I'm glad that you kind of gave a a reference to what that is, because um, I went to a Tony Robbins event and he introduced a everyone to master co and he's you know one with oneness and all that so i've been doing his meditations now you could say close to maybe eight months around there and um i feel so good like it makes me feel better um it makes me align my goals it's just so it's a different reality i think that i never tapped into and when you told me you did this i'm like oh my god i gotta have her on my (laughs) back Well, thank you. I'm honored. <laughs> no, yeah, because I think it's very important. It, it just, it gives you a different perspective. And absolutely. And, you know, there's a, there is such a difference. Um, and, and I know part of the reason why I started doing this is because um, I went through, and, and this is everybody, if you don't mind me going off on this tangent, but this is um, when we come into, when we are born into this life, we have a veil of forgetfulness there. When our soul incarnates, we're here to learn, we're here to experience, and we're here to evolve and grow as a soul. So that's partly the main reason why we're here. But um, in order to experience this personality in this avatar, if you will, that we come into this world as we have to kind of forget everything that we knew on the other side, you know? So, um, People, when they talk about having a spiritual awakening, that veil is kind of lifted and they start to realize who they are. And people start, well, I find that people, you know, this can happen a variety of ways. Um, There's a million things we can go into on that topic too. But um, basically, once people start recognizing the fact that usually I start out by asking questions, you know, like, is this really all there is to life? You know, what happens? And some people will do that and some people won't. But um, I find that when people really start asking those bigger questions and they start kind of tuning in and right now in general, the world is really kind of going through a big awakening process. There are a lot of people waking up to who we are as spirit, you know, 
there's much more love in the planet, much more light in the planet. And, you know, there's a lot of polarity, you know, so there's like people holding on to that old way of life and then people trying to embrace this new awakening that's happening, which is amazing. It's exciting. You know, the energy is really exciting right now, but um, I found that there was a big need, especially for myself, when I went through this period of awakening that I didn't know what to do because this was back before, you know, Facebook was huge. And I mean, Facebook had just started and, you know, back in the day it was MySpace and, you know, dating myself, but um, essentially there, there was not a lot of information online, you know, back then. So now there's so much more information, but I had a struggle, you know, trying to find what the heck was going on with me, you know? So that's why I feel that part of what I do is really help women kind of bring them from that place of lack and, you know, I'm not enough. And, you know, all these things that we've learned from childhood and from society and all these things that are inundated primarily in women, you know, with this whole, you know, I can't, you know, comparisonitis and I'm not good enough and I have to be this in order to be valued, um, kind of help bring them out of that kind of into the light and kind of guide them along the way in those first steps as they're opening up and awakening to who they truly are. And once you have that connection with your soul self, then you finally get that sense of, oh, I am love. I am loved. I am love. You know, I come from love. I am perfectly complete in who I am. You know, so it's it's a game changer. It, it really can change your life. I mean, and and the difference is like night and day. Like you were saying yourself, you know, how the difference you've started to experience. Yeah. yeah. And, and, and I, you know, thank you for everything that you're saying, because it's, it's totally just how it happens like that. And I think we put those norms of, on people like, okay, if my husband doesn't love me, nobody loves me. If my mom doesn't love me, nobody loves me. And when I started doing this meditation, I'm like, no, I love me. Like I could do things for myself. I don't have to be, you know, waiting for people to tell me they love me or have certain expectations, you know, from people that mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I needed to have this, those expectations from. So I think it is very important um, to, to learn how to connect to your oneself. Um, it, it's also sometimes like I tell my, my family, like my cousins and stuff, and they're like, you're weird. But in reality, <laughs> like, <laughs> in reality, I'm like, once you do it, like the first time might be weird. But the second time, third time, like, if you just keep doing it and keep connecting to it, it, it just takes you to a whole different level. Like, I don't like arguing with people no more. Like, I just like, it's, I don't want to like, put my energy towards that, you know, I I'd rather right. put my energy towards other things. Right. Right, right, right. And that, that absolutely happens. Um, once you, part of the whole process of, of when that veil is lifted, you start to recognize the connection that we are all connected. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the analogy, and I can't even remember who came up with this, but they talk about how, you know, think of all of creation of source, energy, God, the universe, whatever you choose to call it, your higher power, um, being like all of creation is like the ocean and we are all individual drops of water in that ocean. But the thing is those each individual drops still contain everything that is still the ocean. So we are all part of this energy. And once people start to wake up to who they are as a spiritual being, they start to realize that connection between others, you know, realize that, Hey, you know, this person may not be fully awake. So they're going to be experiencing these things and maybe reacting this way and, you know, maybe doing things that are, are upsetting. But when it comes to you, you're a sovereign being. You don't have to accept that energy. You don't have to let that affect you. 
and you can, you know, come from a place of, of love and completeness and wholeness within yourself, being able to love other people, knowing that they're okay where they're at, you know, that we're all evolving as souls, you know? So, um, I find that's one of the biggest things is that people start realizing, oh, you know, I don't need this to complete me. I don't need a relationship to complete me. I am, you know, good with who I am because I am period, that there's nothing at the end of that sentence, you know, full stop. I am period. I exist. I am worthy. I am loved. And, um, that's it, you know, and everything else is a bonus. (laughs) Yeah. And, and, and when, when, you know, the meditation comes along with uh, the meditation that I do, when that word comes out, it's like, it's relieving because I am, you know, I am one with oneness. I am. And so be it. Like, you know, like you were saying of of the little water drops of the ocean, I, I get that because it's true. And it, I think it's just hard because we're, you know, being a, being a woman, we put a lot of pressure on ourselves to be, try to be the best mom, try to be the best daughter try to be the best sister try to be the best at everything but then at the end like how is that helping me you know so I think that's really important I think um you know I it's not even you know nowadays my perspective is a little bit different I used to I used to find that when you're looking at things like that and that desire to be now, of course, we all want to be the greatest mom we want to be the greatest wife we want to be you know great at our job and things like that but what's the motivation behind it? Is it because I want to serve? Is it because of from I'm coming from a place of love and gratitude? Or is it because I need that in order to feel valued for myself? There's a big difference, you know? Um, so there's nothing wrong with wanting to have more to want to be the best that you can be, you know? Absolutely. Who doesn't, you know? But it's a lot different energy when you're doing those and things and striving to do all those things, you know, to be like the super mom and, you know, working crazy hours and being everything and every, everything possible to your family. You know, when you're coming from a place of, I feel like I have to, because that's what makes me feel better about myself as opposed to, you know, I'm doing all these things because, you know, I want to, because I'm giving from a place of service and love, if that makes sense. That makes total sense because I even go back now thinking of, you know, when I started school, I wanted to be a nurse because I wanted to help. I wanted, I wanted to help. (laughs) See, I wanted to help people because I'm like, I need to help people. And what better way to help people than being a nurse, you know? But then I went into the field and then I realized, you know, there's crazy hours that you have to work. Um, A lot is is put on you. I can tell you all about it. <laughs> a lot is put on years. <laughs> oh my God. A lot is put on your plate. And I'm just like, I don't know if this aligns with what I really want for my family. Cause at the end of the day, I, I still want to spend time with my family. I still want to see my kids, you know? So it was funny that I was working at a community college during that time. And, um, just helping serve in a different way in the community just opened up a whole new portal for me, a whole new door. So Mm -hmm. I was like, maybe nursing isn't for me. So then I started thinking like, what else I could do, you know? And then I had mentors that, you know, at my job that would tell me like, you should just go be a counselor. Like you could be so much of service that way too. And you don't have to just focus on one thing, like one population, you can focus on many things. And that's, that's where I'm at right now. I'm, I'm in my master's program for counseling. And I never thought I never thought I would be here because I thought in my head an expectation was 
me to go to nursing school to serve people in that way. But I didn't know there was other ways that I could serve, you know, um, and it didn't have to be in the medical field. <laughs> yeah, definitely. No, and that's awesome. That's what I love to tell. I love to um, bring up too with people when it comes to finding their purpose. So many people are like, you know, what's my life purpose? I feel like I'm supposed to be doing something. What is it? I don't know. Always, always, always my guidance. Anytime I've always, because I am a medium and I channel also. And what I, a lot of my guidance when I tell other people and they're you know, asking that question a lot is to follow your bliss. What lights you up? You know, what lights your heart up? What feels like, you know, when you sit in your body and kind of focus on your heart, listen, that's where your source of intuition comes from. You know, your heart is intelligent. You know, it's actually proven by science that you have neurons in your heart and that your heart actually has like people talk about gut brain. There's a brain in your heart too. Same thing. So your heart is your, your cells are intelligent and your guidance comes in. And when you sit in your heart and drop into your heart and get out of your head and start really feeling what, what feels in your body that just feels exciting to you, you know, you can do anything. You can be of service and purpose in anywhere. You know, you can be, you know, whether it's counseling or nursing, I did that for a while, but, um, I just felt like there was something else I was supposed to be doing. So, you know, just sit with it for a while and, you know, things will start coming up and opportunities will start showing up and the universe will guide your way. So, you know, I think it's amazing that you did that because a lot of people end up in the wrong profession because they're doing what they think they should be doing or what their family thinks they should be doing or what they think is going to make them money or what what have you, you know, rather than sitting in and like, you know, what do I really, what do I really want? What am I curious about? What really excites me? You know? So I think that's awesome. Congrats on the master's. (laughs) Thank you. And, and, you know, I think that's important too, because there is a lot of expectations put upon us and that, that was my thing. Like I thought I was expected to do that, you know, because I wanted to help someone or help people and, and, and that came up, but I mean, for people that are lost, because I, I I have so many friends that are still going to school and they don't even know what they want to do. Mm-hmm. And I know you said that you have to enjoy your bliss and enjoy what you're doing. And what, how would you how would you tell someone to find that if they don't even know what they want to do? Well, <laughs> it can take some time, you know. Um, I tell people to try different things. Try different things. If they don't know, if they're, if they don't really feel like, you know, this excites me, you know, oh, this is super exciting. Um, if they don't know, try a bunch of different things. It's kind of like, um, hitting tennis balls <laughs> You know, when you're hitting a tennis ball across the court, just keep hitting balls until something comes back at you. You know, um, it, it will reveal itself to you eventually. The, the part of the issue is having a little patience, you know, and, and tuning in absolutely helps. You know, I always, the first thing I teach people when we start talking about opening up to intuitive awareness is meditation, you know, because in order to listen to that inner voice, you have to quiet the mind, you know, so meditation helps. It is a practice. It's something you don't have to do it for hours and hours a day, like 10 minutes a day is perfectly fine. You know, and even just sitting there focusing on your breathing or doing a guided meditation, but to get into that space where you kind of routinely get quiet so you can hear you know, because you'd be surprised how, when, um, you know, if you're working on a problem or, 
you're frustrated with something and you get up and, and stop doing it for a while and you go do something fun or, or creative. And then all of a sudden an answer comes to you, you know, that's that space, you know, where you get into that intuitive awareness. So for people who don't know what they want to do, you know, there's nothing wrong with that and don't beat yourself up about it, but don't, my recommendation would be not to leap into something just because you feel like you have to, you know, I think our society, particularly in the United States, we're so conditioned to be like, okay, let's go to high school, then I go to college, then I got to get a job, then I got to do this, this, and this, you know, take some time. Nobody says there's no hard and fast rule that says you can't go work at a grocery store for a year while you're sorting yourself out and trying to figure out what it is that you're truly passionate about. You know? No, that's, that's right. And, and I told, I'm um, one to attest to that because I did everything that you could imagine backwards. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, graduated high school, but I was pregnant with my oldest. Uh, so I went directly into the working field. Um, I was a dental assistant for about seven years before I went back to school. Um, and then I got my associate. So I did everything backwards. I got out of school early because of, you know, I was pregnant. Yeah. If I, this is my little one. Aren't you adorable? <laughs> Thank you. How old are you? Two? Three? He's about to be three. You're so cute. <laughs> <laughs> You're so cute. He's always, he's always bumming my my podcast. <laughs> um, but I <laughs> yeah, thank you but I did everything backwards and and this is what I try to tell my daughter like there's nothing wrong with not doing things how people want you to do them absolutely. you know absolutely nothing wrong and I told her I'm a model for you to see that even though I still have you guys even though I'm still a mom even though I have a job I still want to work on myself and continue to work on myself because I think it's important not to put that pressure on her especially since she's a woman because I think that's what I had growing up I had a lot of pressure because I was a woman that I had to do certain things society's yeah. way and when I got pregnant during high school a lot of I got a lot of um a lot of talk saying like you're not going to be nothing your life is over you're just going to be a teenage mom and not going to go anywhere and I think that fueled me to be the person I am today because I'm like no just because you say that I'm not going to be that I'm going to be someone that I want to be but successful in whatever way I think is successful like I don't need society to tell me what I'm going to be that's incredibly insightful for somebody at such a young age so <laughs> thank you <laughs> no seriously because I'm telling you if that situation where had been me when I was 17 18 years old I mean it's it's um it's really amazing how much outside influences really can affect the trajectory of your life if you thought you know so that's why it's so important and I love I love that um you were strong enough emotionally and mentally to stand up and say, Hey, no, I've got to make my life the way I want to. Cause a lot of people don't, a yeah. lot of people don't, you know, and it's, it's just one of those things that, you know, if it, you, it took me, and I have to say, I turned 50 last year. So it took me a long time. Yeah. I you know. don't look, you don't look your age. <laughs> oh my God. No. Your heart. Thank you. <laughs> I like, yeah, I got AARP cards coming in the mail. I'm like, what? <laughs> I'm like, this is not happening. <laughs> anyway, um, but no, but I spent a lot of years in my 20s and, and part of my struggle of kind of getting to where I am today was so wrapped up in that, you know, everyone else and, and worrying so much about what everybody else was thinking and, 
you know, I had a lot of demons I had to kind of battle. I had issues with eating disorder, I had addiction issues. I mean, I had things that kind of were a big chunk of my earlier years that really kind of were all wrapped up in this worthiness issue, you know? So like I'm saying, had I been in that situation, I would have been in not good shape. So I give you a lot of props for being so young and being able to to stick up for yourself and say, Hey, you know, I'm going to take my life and run with it. This I'm going to work things out and it doesn't have to be, there is no set rule just because people have been doing this for years and years and years back through like the industrial era, you know, doesn't mean that that's the way it has to be, you know, and you can, you can do anything you want. Anything is possible and you can do anything that you want. I mean, really, truly a hundred percent. And I think that's, that it was really important for me to let my daughter know that I did a podcast asking her certain questions about it. And Mm -hmm. I just wanted her to understand that, you know, you don't have to do, you know, A, B and C because society wants you to do it. Like only you're going to know what to do and when it's best for you to do it. Because I mean, I was so young. I didn't know what I was doing. I still sometimes don't know what I'm doing. Um, I also get a lot of, of, you know, crap, because I want to continue learning, I want to continue doing other things. And people always tell me, like, I don't know how you do it. Like, you're always on the go, you're a mom, you're doing this, you're doing that. And I'm just like, just get up and do it. If you really want to do something that you that's going to make you happy, I think you should do it now. You don't want to be like, maybe 80, 85 in your deathbed thinking like, I wish I did this when I was younger, you know, like, what kind of life is that? Exactly. No, that's hundred percent true. And I did the same thing because I'm, um, my kids are a little bit older, but, um, both of my boys have autism and I have, um, I have three step kids also who are a little bit older and they're, uh, one of them decided she was dropping out of college and her mom was really upset. She's like, you know, you need to go to school. You're, I'm like, why? No, she doesn't. If that's not going to make her happy, she doesn't have to go to college. Mm-hmm. So she first she toyed around. She wanted to be a tattoo artist and then she wanted to do this and she wanted to do that. And she ended up going to cosmetology school and she is like in love. She loves it. She loves her job. She loves what she's doing and she is really good at it. And it's what she's passionate about, you know? And so, and she, it is, and that's the whole thing. I mean, if you can go to work every day, loving what you do, it doesn't feel like work, you know? Yeah. And we're always evolving. You know, like I said, as as our soul, we are always evolving. So we're always growing. We're not meant to be stagnant, you know, and you don't even have to, you don't have to be in school. It doesn't have to be a formal education program to be learning something, you know, I always encourage people, you know, read, study, you know, learn from different mentors, you know, find what what you're passionate about and do that, you know? Mm -hmm. No. Yeah. And I think that's important too, because that's what I tell my kids, like, it, you guys don't have to go to school right away because, you know, you're not going to know what you want to do. Um, mm-hmm. If in, in school, like you said, it's not for everyone. My husband, he hates school. Like, he's like, that's not for me. And okay, I understand. But you still have to figure out something that you like that even though you're not going to school, like you said, you're going to learn by a mentor. You're going to learn by mirroring an interpreter. Like, you don't, you don't know what you are willing to do or to put yourself through to learn because it's not just school-based, like you said. But I'm glad that I'm glad that she's happy in cosmetology because like you said, hey, if that's what she loves. Yeah, I know. And and, I mean, that's the funny thing, too, because I was I was very much from that, you know, generation where my parents was just expected to go to college. Well, I did. I changed my major so many times. I have three degrees, none of which I'm using, (laughs) you know, 
because I had no idea what I wanted to do. You know, I went in wanting to be a marine biologist because I thought it looked cool, you know, and <laughs> then I wanted to do psychology. Then I wanted to do, then I was going to be a physician. And then I went into nursing and then I went back and did biology and genetics. So, I mean, like, it's like, you know, all these different things, you know, but my mom, you know, my family's like, education's never wasted. I'm like, well, yeah, no, I realized that, but you know, you just don't know. And that's such a young age. It's such a young age to put that kind of pressure on a kid and say, you know, let some kids know, you know, some kids know right away what they want to do. But, you know, my stepson changed his major five times and is now doing something completely different. You know, he was doing business and physical therapy and now he's graduating from the police county. So, I mean, so totally all different, you know, you just never know. Yeah. So that's totally I'm like, just follow your bliss. That's what my guides always tell me. They're like, follow your heart, follow your bliss, follow what lights you up. Because these are all things that if you allow yourself to be open to that, that your soul knows in advance, you know, to your coming here and there could be changes, be open to changes. You know, like I said, I was a nurse for almost 26 years in critical care. And, you know, I had some life shifting things that kind of like pulled that rug out from under me. And I went down this path that I totally wasn't expecting, you know, at all. And so now here I am and, and things are so much better, but sometimes, you know, you just got to be open to, you know, what the universe is throwing at you and you'd be surprised what happens. And, you know, I think it's hard because some people have resistance to that. Like, no, mm-hmm. like there's, they're either scared um, because they, they're like, no, that's not what I want. Or they just have fear because they don't want to try it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's another thing too, that I, that I've came across a lot is people having fear or scared to do it. Yeah, no, fear is a big thing. Fear, fear comes up a lot for almost every single person. But um, the thing is, there's a couple different ways you can look at it. You know, if you're connecting, and this is why I always encourage everyone, you know, really make that effort to reach out to your angels and your guides and ask for their intervention, ask for them to help you, ask for them to help you be more aware of their presence and be more aware of your higher self and be aware of of source energy because um, they will help you. But a lot of times they're not gonna help you unless you ask, you know, because we have free will. So um, when it comes to that, there's, there's like polar opposites. There's complete and total love which is what the universe source, God, your higher soul comes from that place of complete and total unconditional love. When we're here, we have that, that negative dark side of fear because it's kind of like, you know, you can't see the light without the dark, you know, so there's that polarity, but the problem that happens is when we get stuck in that fear and, you know, fear, a lot of times it can be a couple of different things. You know, it can be, fear of something new, whereas our brain and our ego is hardwired to keep us safe. Okay. So when we're looking at doing something new and we're afraid to do it, you know, the ego will pop up with things with like, oh, you're not going to be any good at that. Or, oh, that's not going to work out for you. Or who are you to try doing this? You know, that's all ego. That's your ego mind. And the ego is there for purpose. It's there to keep us safe. You know, it's been there for, you know, thousands and thousands and thousands of years to keep us safe because it, it knows what's normal for us, you know, what we've already experienced. So anytime you try to do something new, that ego is going to pop up and present itself as fear of moving forward. So um, the thing is, that's interesting is that fear and excitement 
are chemically the exact same in the body. So it really helps. And this is honestly, I, I tell my clients this too, like kind of a trick when you're feeling afraid and it's not like you're running from a saber tooth tiger afraid for your life, you know, but it's just like, I'm afraid of, you know, going live on Facebook because I'm really, really nervous. And what if people don't like me? And what if it, you know, that kind of fear, you know, but you know, you need to do it if you want to get your message out, but you're terrified. Tell yourself, instead of saying, I'm afraid, start telling yourself, I'm really just excited. I'm excited. I'm excited. I'm excited because that chemical in your body is the exact same as fear. Excitement and fear are exactly the same in the body. So it's just a little trick. If you can just tell yourself I'm excited instead of being afraid. And then, you know, just take those baby steps because once you get past that initial fear of doing something that's new, um, you'll be surprised how quickly that resolves. And then, you know, you can go on to the next thing, you know, but so many people get stuck in that negative mindset because that ego is chirping, chirping, chirping in their ear about, you know, oh, you're not good enough and this is never going to work. And, and, you know, why are you even trying to do this and blah, 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 blah. So um, that holds people back a lot, you know? So fear is a, is a big thing. So I always tell people, you know, try to, you know, tune in with yourself come from that place of love and realize that it's just ego talking and just step in, just kind of lean into it and, you know, start telling yourself you're excited. You'd be surprised what happens. It helps. <laughs> I'm going to try that next time. I'm going to be like, I'm excited because I'm not the type that's always fearful, but I do second like guess myself, if that makes sense. Like I'll, I'll do anything. I'm, I'm, I'm really a person that's always like, what's the next next thing? What's the next thing that I'm going to do? Um, uh, I've always done how my husband says, whatever I wanted to do, <laughs> but there are certain things that I'm just like, Oh, I don't know how that's gonna, that's gonna turn out. So like going live, like on, on IG, I haven't done that yet. And, and I know I have to do it, but I'm like, mm, I don't know, like how people are going to perceive, you know, the message that I'm trying to give out. Cause the whole reason I started this podcast, Mother Hustler, was because I started attending a 5 a.m. Um, accountability call called Morning Hustlers. Oh. And and nice. uh, the people on there, like some of my mentors, they would tell me like, Rosa, you're always doing so many things. Like, you should make a podcast about, you know, what you're doing, how you overcome it, especially since you're a mom and this and this and that. So I'm like, all right, I'll do it. So I started doing it. But the more I did it, the more I'm like, I want to get this message out for not even moms, but just women that you are, yeah. even though you're labeled just as a woman, doesn't mean that you have to be, you know, so close minded of what you want to do, your goals, your ambitions, right. especially now with the whole like feminism movement and stuff like that. Um, a lot of guys talk shit. They'll be like, what you guys want to be equal to us like you guys have to do this and this and that and it's just like no it's about expressing ourselves expressing what we could do expressing that we are women yeah but we are we're strong you know we we could do whatever we set our mind to absolutely a hundred percent absolutely and listen when it comes to when it comes to women in general I always try to tell them you know we most women I don't want to say everyone but most women you know, we have that divine feminine energy. So it's much more, we have a much greater capacity um, naturally to tune into intuition and to that caring and nurturing. And women are strong. Women are strong and resilient. And I find 
something that's really interesting. You talk about the difference between men and women, but um, I found this interesting statistic that, if I can say that right, statistic, um, that, that when it comes to um, doing something, you know, men, I think the average statistic is men, if they only feel 60% like they know how to do it, they'll go ahead and do it. Like if it's applying for a job. Even if they even don't, if they only feel like I'm about 60% people of doing this job, they'll still do it. Women, on the other hand, won't do something new and or try something unless they're 99% sure that they can do it. Is this average statistic? So women have this big perfection issue, you know, where they're like, I have to know what I'm doing 100% before I dive in. And that's not true. It's not true at all. You don't, because we all learn along as the way, as we you know, along the way. But I think it's so interesting that men and that male energy, they're just kind of like, yeah, well, I'm about 60% sure I can do this. So I'm going to go ahead and do it. You know, whereas women, we hold ourselves back so often, you know, because they're like, I need to be hundred percent ready. I had to have all my ducks in a row. I need to have everything just lined up and perfect because you know, and it's true, but, but that's not the case. You don't have to do that, you know, because, and I think a lot of the reason why you know, when you have this disparity between men and women outside of like, you know, the feminist movement and women's rights, you know, going back years and years and years, that being all aside, but I think the disparity between, you know, men who are successful and women who are successful is a lot of times that men just jump in. They think, they just think they can, even if they're only 60% sure. And women want everything to be so perfect, just so before they feel like they're ready. You know, like, oh, unless I feel hundred percent ready, I'm not going to do it. You know, just dive in. <laughs> You'd be surprised what happens. And I think I'm just, I don't know. I don't know what it is with me because I don't think I'm that kind of woman just because everything that I've, you know, that I've set my mind to or, or set goals to, I try to either, either achieve it or even if I fail, okay, I move on to the next one. So I think it's, that's really interesting what you're saying because it does, it does make sense. Yeah, and, and like I said, it's just, it's, you know, not, everyone it's not all inclusive but it just is a general as a general statistic that 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 was um to be true because i think and i and i really think it all circles back around to this need to feel like as women this need to feel like we do it all you know we have to be the caretaker we have to you know now women are in the workforce and women want their own businesses and they want to feel successful and they want that thing for themselves you know but then they want to be the good mom and they want to be the you know, the kid that mom that drives all their kids around with soccer practice, baseball practice and cheerleading practice. And, you know, I'm going to do all this and cook a gourmet dinner and my house is going to be immaculate. And I'm going to have, you know, a seven figure business and I'm going to be the perfect wife and perfect husband. You know, something's got to give, you know, not that all those things can't happen. It certainly can, yeah. but they shouldn't happen at the expense of, you know, your own sanity, you know? No. Yeah. And, and I think it is very important. Um, and even to this day, even though I'm doing so many different things, I, I find it that somewhere, somehow, something's gonna, it's not gonna go right. Like <clears throat> last year, you know, it, my marriage wasn't right. Um, I went through a lot. So I, I found me going to boxing, you know, I release all my stress and stuff like that. That's awesome. <laughs> And, and I, and I fell in love with it. I fell in love with it because mentally it made me someone better. But you saying like mom's doing all certain things, something does have to give in. And, and, it, and it's hard for me to sometimes let something go. Um, 
like I don't I don't really hang out with my with my girlfriends or if I have any girlfriends I don't really hang out with them I feel like if if they want to come around they would I, I shouldn't be the one you know trying to chase them um so now it's just me at home working full-time you know my kids are at home um still at home attending school for now um and I just want like you said everything to be like at a at a level but sometimes like certain things just just get out of whack and and it's hard for me to accept that I think I just want to like brush it and be like no uh, it'll be fine like I just want to brush everything and be like no everything's okay everything's good but in reality it's like no like you need to really set your things in order before something just you know goes off I mean it is possible you know it's certainly I'm not gonna say it's not possible to do that or that you shouldn't have all those things because I'm a firm believer in abundance that we are all meant to live abundantly you know, and that means in all things, you know, not just finances, but in all things, in your relationships and your, you know, enjoyment of life and your um, <clears throat> feeling of fulfillment. But I think one of the things that most women, I think, who get tied up in all of that without um, really kind of um, setting aside time to really sit with themselves, you know, uh, caregiver syndrome, we give to everybody else but ourselves, you know, or we're the very last ones. Um, I was guilty of that for a really, really long time, you know? So I think it's so important. And this is why in what, what I do when I'm working with clients is that, you know, you need to set aside consistent, regular time for yourself. You have to take care of yourself before you can take care of anybody else. And if that means, you know, where you take half an hour of your day and you spend some time in meditation, maybe doing a quick workout, whatever, you know, journaling, having, you know, sitting quietly by yourself, you know, where you can connect with your spirit. Um, that way, everything else that comes into play goes so much more smoothly. And you have the insight and the awareness through your intuitive awareness to be able to kind of sort that out for what's best for you energetically, you know, is this really resonating with me? Is this, is this something I really need to do right now? Or can this wait, you know, all that stuff becomes much more clear and you have much more clarity with that intuitive awareness, but it's so, so important to take some time. And I recommend every single day, you know, take some time, even if it's just half an hour, you know, in the morning, getting up half an hour earlier or even 20 minutes earlier. So you can, you know, maybe spend 10 minutes in meditation and 10 minutes journaling or, you know, whatever, can set your day off with intention and allow that energy flow throughout the day for you to develop that clarity and awareness so that you kind of prioritize those things and have that guidance come to you so that you really know what to let go of and what to hang on to, you know, if that makes sense. Yeah, it, it makes sense. And that's what I started doing um, even pre-pandemic, uh, going back to the, to the 5 a.m. accountability call. Um, that's what I started doing. I started getting up earlier. I started going to the gym. I started um, setting time of time, setting time apart to journal. Um, and and I think all of that, it, it's it's made me who I am today because it's it's made me more um, in tune to myself, like you said. Mm-hmm. And sometimes, you know, I, I just don't get how people will tell you like, oh, you're um, how can I say you're too into yourself. Like you think you need time for yourself, but you don't. 
But in reality, yes, I do, because I'm juggling all these other things, even though it might not look like it for you. You know, I'm at home with the kids, taking care of the kids. I'm a wife. I'm a student. Um, and it's it just like you said, it, it boils all up and, and you need to learn how to set time to yourself. Absolutely. Because what's going to happen is eventually, you know, something's going to crash and burn. You know, you can only give so, so much. And if you're not you know, I always tell people, make sure you're giving from your saucer, you know, fill your cup first and overflow what everything else is going on around you with what's overflowing, you know, because otherwise you can't serve from an empty cup. You can't, you know? No, completely understand. I completely understand that. Mm-hmm. And then I wanted to ask, you posted a, um, your last uh, Instagram post, you put that color has frequency. What is that all about? Oh yeah, okay. Well, that's a total one. <laughs> no, because I what, just what wanted to switch it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's awesome. <laughs> it's so funny. Um, yeah, color is frequency. And I did a um, clubhouse room on um, chakras and how they related to success in business. And I got a lot of questions from that. So I also started working with another woman who um, does a lot of physical things in the body, but she also relates to chakras, like with nutrition and healing. So I started doing a couple of rooms with her and we started talking about it. And a lot of people started coming up with questions about, you know, I have this physical problem with my thyroid or I have a problem with my stomach and, you know, physical ailments and wanting to know how, you know, energetically you can help clear some of these things and clear some of that stagnant energy out of the chakra system, energy system. So, okay, I have a deep dive, but I will, <laughs> brief summation. Okay, so we all are made of energy, okay? Physics tells us, quantum physics even now proves this concept of spirituality, all right? Mm-hmm. So the sages and the yogis have known this for thousands and thousands of years. But we have an energy body. Our physical body is not physical. You know, if you go down to the atomic level and look way down into the atoms, you'll see that most of our, most of our body is made out of empty space, which is a field of potential and energy. So we also possess energy within our body. It can be measured, you know? EKGs for the heart, you know, electroencephalograms for the brain, all measure that electrical activity in the body. So we have energy centers um, that start at the base of our spine and go all the way up to the crown of our head. Those are the main ones. There's a bunch of the main energy centers. When people talk about chakras, they usually think of these seven chakras that line the body from the root all the way up to the, to the crown of your head. These are associated with colors. Um, color has frequency and vibration. So if you think about the spectrum, the visual spectrum of light, and you think about, you know, red all the way up to purple or violet, infrared is really low wavelength, meaning they're low and slow waves. Think of like waves in the ocean. You know, you got a wave that kind of comes like this. It's really low and slow. Whereas ultraviolet is very high frequency. You know, it goes fast and bounces up and down. So the lower range of the spectrum is low wavelength. The higher range of the spectrum, which is like violet, ultraviolet, is high wavelength and high frequency. So if we talk about this in terms of vibration, you have a low, denser, slower vibration in the colors of red. You have a high 
faster, finer frequency and vibration in the colors of purple, blue, purple, and those colors. So this is in the visual spectrum. Um, when you associate the color with the colors in the chakras, they work the same way. So the lower chakras are more material, physical, denser energy. So you have the root chakra, the sacral chakra, solar plexus, and as you move on up, the frequency and vibration gets higher and higher. So red is the root chakra. That's the lower vibrational chakra. That's the ones in the material plane. It's, that's the one that ties us into safety, security, finances, home, family, you know? And I also kind of like to equate this, I don't know if you're familiar with Maslow's hierarchy of needs. It's the same kind of you know, process. That low energy at the bottom is all based around the material safety and security, right? And as you move up, you move up through and to like your creativity and um, your emotions, your will, your sense of self, your heart, which is your you know love and relationships and your relationship with yourself. And then your throat moving on up to the third eye where you're connecting with, with spirit and community. So that vibration as it moves up through, each has a color. So the root chakra is red, the sacral chakra is orange, yellow, green, blue, indigo, palette, all the way up. So in order to enhance a certain particular energy. So say, um, say you're feeling like you're really struggling. And I hate to say that word struggle, but say you're having some difficulty. Um, a lot of people when it comes to money have, have uh, a money story of lack and scarcity, right? You know, they grew up, there was never enough or you have to work really, really hard to earn money. Okay, all of these things are not true because there, there is no lack, right? There is no lack. Um, when it comes down to it, you can say, okay, well, somebody who's really having a difficult time with um, around money and lack and scarcity really needs to work on their root chakra, okay? So they wanna bring more color red into their environment, whether it's wearing red clothes, um, incorporating, you know, whether it's red jewelry or, you know, just have the things around them that are that color, that frequency is gonna help balance out that energetic frequency that's in the root chakra. And once that energy balances, a lot of those old stories can get released. So I know that's kind of a long explanation. Does that answer your question? <laughs> Are you understanding what I'm talking about? <laughs> I, I understand because it, it, it is true. Um, the more and more I get into meditation and the more I learn about chakras and stuff like that. Um, I just wanted to know like what your take was in the colors, but just how you explained it. That's exactly how I, I learned it too. Um, it's just very important because, you know, going back to the money thing, a lot of people like my mom included, um, my grandparents included, they were raised with that belief that there was, oh, yeah. know, there's only, there's only this enough that you could do. And this is enough that you could get. And, and just growing up with that belief, it's just really hard to imagine anything better, if that makes sense. No, absolutely. Listen, everyone has a money story and it's usually not your own. It's what you learn from other people, you know? Yeah. Um, that's one of the things I, we got dab into also when I do like my program, when I work with people, we start out just mindset. The very first part is mindset before we get into energy work so that you can kind of look at some of these beliefs and these stories that you told yourself, you know, or that we've learned over the years, right? So um, the thing is when we're children, all the way up to, there's some debate as to whether it's up to age seven or up to age 15, but 
we are, our brain waves are actually in a hypnosis state called theta brainwave. And what happens is you're like a little sponge. You've, read, you've been around bilingual children, children who speak multiple languages because they are able to soak in and absorb all of that information because they're actually, their brain waves are in a hypnotic state. So theta brainwave is when, when adults go into hypnosis, they go into that theta brainwave state. And you can see it on the electroencephalogram. So what happens is anything that occurs, anything that they witness, anything that they are around and experience, anything they hear gets lodged in their subconscious, right? So this is where we pick up a lot of these beliefs. Um, and part of the problem is, is that as human beings, we are meaning making animals. So I say that um, we assign meaning to everything, right? As children, we don't have the capacity for the full understanding of what's going on in our environment. So we may witness something, you know, we may overhear a conversation, we may, you know, see our parents arguing, we may, you know, think that, and we internalize and interpret based on what we're capable of at the time. And a lot of times it's wrong, you know, so we have these perceptions we've adopted as children because we assigned meaning to something that maybe was not accurate, you know, but it, now here we are, you know, in our thirties and forties having all these issues because we have all these beliefs from our childhood, right? But you can't help it. I mean, it's not your fault. It's not even that, you know, you can have the best parents in the world, you know, and have a conversation and overhear something or, you know, misinterpret something. And all of a sudden, you know, it's lodged in your subconscious as this limiting belief. So our money stories are often not our own. They're passed on from our family, you know, especially if you have grandparents who grew up in the depression, you know, where banks were bad and you have to keep all your money in your mattress and, you know, who want to save every scrap of paper towel because, you know, you never know because you got maybe easy again. You know, those that they, when they come from that experience of lack, that gets passed on, you know? So it's, it's one thing to really kind of focus in and, and just kind of take a look at them. You know, I don't like having people obsess over them so much, but, you know, just to kind of be aware of what stories you grew up with and what stories you told yourself because a lot of times they're just misinterpretations and they're not even close to true. No, yeah, that, that I could agree with that 100% because that's how my grandparents were. They grew up in the depression. And I still remember my grandma trying to like stash every food that she could or stash yeah. every napkin that she could. And, and you know, always tell me like, you know, finish your food because you never know, you know, there might not be enough. Yeah. Um, and, and same thing with my mom, even though she won't admit it right now. <laughs> <laughs> she's starting to get that that mentality of like hoarding stuff and doing stuff but but I could tell it like you said it came passed on to her from my grandparents right. and and I don't want to leave a legacy like that for my kids if I leave anything um I want to get to the point where I could like generate uh generational wealth and and just change the story so they won't keep right. repeating the same story like with right me. no that's absolutely and I hear you with that because it is, and it can be an ancestral thing. You know, people talk about healing ancestral wounds. That's what stuff like that is. You know, when you're bringing all this baggage forward through generations, because that's what was taught, you know, and you just kind of pick it up as you go along. It can't help it, you know? So that the thing with money, money is such a root chakra thing. You know, it's all about that security, you know, feeling mm -hmm. like I have enough, you mm -hmm. know? Um, feeling that I'm going to be okay, you know, that I don't have to worry, you know? These are all root chakra safety, security. So when we talk about people's money stories, that's a lot of the work we do energetically in my program is to really help clear that out 
kind of take a look at the bigger picture, connect with source and recognize that, you know, when you start bringing in that awareness of the universe is abundant, the world is abundant, you know, and you start looking at what's around you and really start coming from that place of abundance. It's amazing how quickly that shifts and how things just start showing up in your life, you know? No, yeah, I'm 100%, I believe, of that because not until recently started, you know, going back to school, started working. Even school stopped me because I was like, it's going to be expensive. But I'm like, I can't let that stop me if I want to evolve in, in the way I want to evolve. You know, I can't let that be a fear or let it stop me saying that I'm never going to have enough or it's too much. I just have to do it. And, you know, later on when I get a job or something like that, you know, I'll get blessed with it. Like, I can't just not do nothing, you know, to, for the fear right. of that. Right. And I'll tell you that that's, that's that fear, that fear of lack, scarcity that holds people back from doing stuff like that. And, and really, I really believe that when we desire something, it's dropped into our heart from our soul. I really feel that anytime you really truly have that burning desire, like you really want something. And I'm not talking about like a random today. Oh, I think I want a cheeseburger today. You know, that's not what I mean. (laughs) I'm talking about like, when you really have a desire and it keeps just showing up and you're like, you keep thinking about it and you keep thinking about it, you know, I really feel that those desires are meant for us. So I really believe that they get dropped in from our spirit, that this is meant for me. This is what I'm meant to do. And the means to do that are going to be provided. So when it comes to it, sometimes it's just taking that leap of faith and trusting, but you know, it's amazing once you can take that step forward how that sets into motion, the law of attraction. It's taking that action step and saying, okay, I really want to do this. I may not know where the money's coming from right now, but I have this burning desire. I know this is meant for me. I'm going to just move forward and take action and watch what shows up. I believe if you have a desire in your heart, the money's already there. And it's just a matter of where is it going to come from? You'd be surprised, but the universe will lay all that out, you know, and you may have to take a few more action steps and do some creative things, but it will show up. Yeah. No. Yeah. I, I, even though I'm not doing it for the money, I was just doing it because I would get more time with my kids. I get to, you know, give back to the community in some way. I also want to be in some sort of leadership myself because I am Mexican Latin um, and be in leadership somewhere in higher education. So other people from, you know, my ethnicity could see that you could do it you know it doesn't matter if you're white black whatever anybody could do it anybody could do it and and I want to break that barrier a little bit I'm not saying I'm going to break it wide open yet but I just want to break that barrier a little bit just because I think it it, it's people from from my you know race and they need to see it because they don't see that they're not exposed to it um and I think it's just very important no I think that's amazing I think that's incredible I I think if anything else that in of itself is huge. I mean, that, um, and you're hundred percent right. You know, I think, um, and especially again, like when you circle back around to women and add women into that mix, it's even more so, you know? Yeah. No, so yeah. I think that's amazing. I think that's an amazing purpose and mission. I think, Hey, go for it. I think you'll be changing lives. Thank you. <laughs> I sure. hope I, I just want to be an inspiration. I just want to be and, and when I was talking, when I was referencing money, I guess I was thinking more of like, um, 
you know, people, when we talk about going back to school and saying it's expensive, you know, sometimes people will be like, oh, I really want to do this. or I really want to take this course. I really want to work with this person or this mentor, this teacher. I really want to take this class, but oh, it's expensive, you know? Well, if you really, if it's really in your heart and it's like, you know, take time, you know, don't make a snap decision, but take time and tune in, you know, if it's this burning need in your body where you're feeling like, no, I really want to do this. I really feel this is like a, a whole body. Yes. You know, and my whole body is screaming. Yes. I want to do this, but I don't have the money. Take the step. You'd be surprised. You know, I really feel that, that, that things will work out when, when you are intuitively aware and you're feeling a hundred percent within you, that this is what you're meant to do, that this is what you want to do. It's going to show up for you. No. Yeah. And, and I could, <laughs> I could attest to that, but I, I think it's just when I try to communicate it to other people, they're like, you're crazy or like, no, it's no. Just, I don't know. It's hard. It's a little <laughs> tricky. It's a little tricky, but stand firm. Because listen, I know because when I first, when I first got into coaching, um, mm-hmm. I didn't know anything about business because I came from a medical background. Right. So I hired a business coach. Well, I wanted to hire a business coach. I was terrified to ask my husband because of the financial factor, because it was not cheap. You know, I shouldn't say not cheap, but it was, it was an investment. It was a big investment. I've never invested in myself like that before because I'd always been, you know, nurse, go and work my regular, you know, 13, 14, 15 hour day and uh, had never done anything like that and invested in myself um, in order to move forward in my business. So I'm like, okay, I really, really want to do this. I feel called to work with this person. I know in my heart that I'm meant to do this. I have no idea where I'm going to get this money. I had to talk to my husband. <laughs> and I was like sweating. My palms were sweating. I'm like, oh my God, this is my biggest thing. So I love to tell people, don't ask for permission, ask for support. Say, hey, listen, I really feel called to do this. I have no idea where this money's going to come from. I believe the universe is going to show up somehow. I may have to get creative, but I know I'm meant to do this. So I'm going to find the money. I'll find it somewhere. And I'm thinking, okay, I'm probably have to take out a loan. I'll have to ask my parents or something like that. And after some talking about it, he was like, no, we can swing that. We'll do it. I was like, oh, all right. <laughs> you know, okay. <laughs> you know, because I always, but I mean, really, had I not taken that step to, to talk to him about it mm-hmm. and not ask for permission and just say, hey, listen, I know you trust me. This is really what I feel called to do. I really feel called to work with this person. Please, can you just support me? And we'll figure out where the money's going to come from. You know? And after his initial shock, he was like, okay. You know, and then everything just sort of fell into place and it was fine. Like the money just showed up and poof, it was done. So that's what I mean about, you know, when you're working with other people and you've got people who are kind of maybe feeling, making you feel a little judged or, you know, like, why are you even doing this? Or you're already doing so much. And, you know, just this is another reason why it's so important to get into that heart space, into that center thing with your soul so that, you know, you know, this is what's meant for me. You know, if you're not in communication with your, your soul self and your higher self, and you're not in tune with your intuition and, and spending time getting to know you and your, your higher self, you're not going to have these answers and you're not going to have as, as easily, I should say, you're not going to have as, as readily available to you because you're not going to be listening, mm-hmm. you know? So you might be flying by the seat of your pants and trying this and this and that. Not that I discourage anyone from trying things, but you know, when you know, and you have that full body knowing, then you know that that's for you. 
No. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I'm, I'm so happy that you shared that story because that's how I felt when I was going back to school. I was like, Oh, my husband's not going to like this. I just got out, um, you know, from my bachelor's program, although I did really good with my bachelor's program. I only ended up getting, I think it was like 4,000 in debt because I paid oh, monthly. Gosh, that's not bad at all. <laughs> <laughs> I paid monthly and my sister's like, what do you mean? She's like, that's nothing. And I was just like, really? I thought it was, you know, a lot. And then when no. I went for my master's and my husband saw, he's <laughs> like, <laughs> Yeah, Mine so six figures. <laughs> oh my god okay so I don't feel bad yeah no girl yeah that's good <laughs> and when I went and when I went for my master's it, it's like gonna be like 30 and my husband's like uh I don't know you know we gotta see and I'm just like I'm a person that you either tell me yes or no or I'm gonna go figure it out because I that's just how I am like I'll figure it out you know and he's like all right well if you really want to do it go ahead I'll support you and I'm okay cool so now you know it's it just for me, just asking, I guess, just asking in general, because I, I, I grew up so different from him. It was, it's mm-hmm. not something that I'm used to doing. If I'm, if I, yeah, well, no, that's the thing. If people who love and care about you, you shouldn't have to ask permission. Be like, please support me. This is what I want to do. I know, I don't know how it's going to happen. I'm <laughs> trusting that the universe is going to provide this for me, but it's going to work out. I may have to take some creative action, but that's okay. Because, you know, we have to take that inspired action. Again, why it's so important to stay connected with your spirit so that you know when to take that inspired action and your spirit's guiding you and leading you. Hey, go over here. Or, hey, go to this bank. Or, hey, ask this relative. Or whatever, you know. But it will show up for you. Ask for support. Don't ask for permission. I love that. I'm going to start using that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because, listen, I'm telling you, if it's in your heart, it's meant for you. Our desires are dropped in. If it's a burning desire for you to go get your master's degree because you want to do this with counseling and help all these incredible people, absolutely. That's a hell yes. And your body, if your body is saying, hell yes, I want to do this, then girl, it's meant for you. So ask for support. Hey, listen, I don't know how this money is going to show up, but we're going to do this because I would really appreciate your support right now because I know you love me and I know this is really what I want to do. I love that. I'm going to start using it because I think it does put a different, like, context to it instead of saying asking yeah. for permission you're asking for support absolutely because you know what you're a sovereign being you don't need permission if, it, if it's i mean it's one thing when you're in a marriage relationship with somebody to get that collaborative support but you know if my husband were like hey listen i want to go you know start teaching hand gliding lessons and you know let's move to costa rica i'd be like okay well let me think about it. I would love to support you with this. I don't know about moving, but you know, let's figure it out, you know, but he's not going to ask my permission. Yeah. Know? Yeah. And I think that's yeah. like you said, you, you shouldn't be asking for permission because we're sovereign um, human beings or human souls. Right. And, and um, your soul has a mission. Your soul has purpose. You're here for a reason. And what lights you up is what your passion is and your purpose. So if something lights you up and you've got that desire, you need to pursue it. Because you know what? Otherwise, you're not going to be happy in the long run. Or it may take you a lot more trials and turns and struggles to get right back to where you were going to be on in the first place. You know, because your soul will always guide you back, you know, to where you're supposed to be. So I'd rather do it on the easy way personally, you know, than have to spend 20 years doing something else that, you know, got me there eventually. (laughs) But that's just me. (laughs) No, no, you're you're 100% on it, I believe. Oh my God. So, I mean, where can my listeners find you? Um, well, I am primarily on Instagram. Um, 
It's Tanya Alberti. It's T-O-N-Y-A-A-L-B-E-R-T-I underscore intuitive coach. And I'm, I hang on Instagram mostly. Um, I'm in Clubhouse a lot. If people have Clubhouse, I do a room every Thursday at 10. Um, I do multiple rooms with other people during the week. So you can always um, find me there. I usually post on my stories when I'm hosting rooms. And then um, my website is just uh, tanyaalberti.com. I said, oh, speaking of which, if you want, for anybody who's interested in learning how to start accessing your intuition, I do have a free guide. I always forget to tell people this. <laughs> I get a little dingy sometimes. I have a free guide. If you go to my website and click it um, and just put your email in there, I'll email you the PDF. Okay, it's like 12 pages, I think. But it's um, five of my like top exercises. They're really simple, but it kind of talks about intuition, how to develop intuition a little bit, and then gives you like five things that you can do like right away to start accessing your intuition like right away. And they're like practices. So it's like meditation. The more you practice, the better it gets. You know, it's like communication, you know? So the more you practice it like a language, the better you get at it. But um, that's on my website for anybody who's interested. That's awesome. I'm going to go ahead and and grab that. Yeah, please let me do. And if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. And absolutely, it was a pleasure. Thank you.